The Velvet Hammer, an inside look at trial lawyer life with Karen Kohler. Real life stories about fighting the good fight. Week four of remote work from our law firm. We shut the physical operation almost completely down except for two workers in Seattle. Um, Our IT person, Ryan, and our front desk, Rachel, and then one front desk in Hoquiam, Janine. But the 30 rest of us members of the firm have been remote ever since. We did it right after King County recommended that employers consider going remote. Uh, We did it in a day for the safety and health of everyone, not even knowing what was to come. And as expected, the first week was okay. I mean, we, we were in the early stages. We were dealing with remote and how to make sure that everything was set up right and making sure that people had access to two screens and that all of our VPNs and technical aspects were correct. That continued on to the second week, third week even, and now it's finally starting to slow down. And the reason why that is significant for this podcast, at least, is as one of the managing partners, that means that I have been embroiled almost every day in the practical aspects of running a firm because of coronavirus interference. Uh, I've done very little work that's substantive on the cases. Uh, Most of the time is answering questions, making decisions, exploring, vetting, worrying, um, having lots of meetings, uh, reviewing what the court's going to do, having the court spit back motions that we filed before they decided that they were going to shut down. And when I say shut down, they didn't completely shut down, but for our purposes, they shut down. They stopped allowing us to file motions or do anything, no hearings. I had three trials set for uh, this spring, one in March, one in April, one in uh, end of April, early May. They've all been put on hold for an indefinite time, and that is going to continue So the feelings that are involved when trial lawyer is facing really a halt to access to justice for their clients is one of intense frustration. The only way to cope with of which is to be Zen. Um, There's nothing that can be done about it. The courts have closed. On Friday, just a couple days ago, they agreed to hear uh, motions that did not require oral argument, which in fact are most of the motions that we file. So for example, we had a case where we've been waiting months for documents from the defense about their uh, equipment. We've gotten zero back from them. We filed a motion. The court spit it back at us and said, you can't file it because we're not going to hear it for two months, Uh, but because of their new order, now we can file that motion. And the importance of that is unless we can file our motions, there is no level playing field. People that don't want to participate in the legal process or that want to stall or delay can stall and delay. Uh, But as soon as the court said, we're open for these non-oral argument motions, 
we saw a glimmer of hope and began to file them again so that we could get uh, some of the crucial information we need to participate in litigation. But the issue of these trial dates being postponed, can you hear the aggravation in my voice? It, I'm aggravated. I'll admit it. One of them was supposed to happen very beginning of March. Uh, we had a little heads up that it would be delayed, but we were hoping it would be heard at the end of that month, maybe the next month. It was in federal court. And now we've heard nothing further. It is just to be determined when that will ever be tried. The second case uh, was a double case involving two wrongful death uh, incidents that happened exactly when you're apart at a dangerous railroad crossing. Again, pulled not to be tried until maybe the fall, but maybe after that. But the worst case, in my opinion, the one that hurts the most, not just for me, but for the clients, is a case where it was supposed to be tried in April, starting in April. It's a big case. And the gentleman who died um, in this incident did so almost eight years ago now. The case was filed by our co-counsel. We then began litigating it with him. At one point, the defense brought a motion to have the case thrown out on a technicality. The trial court agreed. We had to take a detour of a couple years to appeal that. The appeal we won, the case was sent back to state court for trial, and that's how you end up with a case that's been going on for darn near eight years, only to have the trial date yanked away. There's an old saying that justice delayed is justice denied, and nowhere can you see that more clearly than in a case like that. It's no one's fault. We can't blame the defense for that. We can't blame the court for that. It is what it is. But it's just so sad and frustrating. So if all I did was sit there dwelling in my frustration, I would be yelling into this phone. Can't even do my podcast on my regular setup in my office because we are not going into the office because we don't want to cause any disturbances or infections and we want to do what the governor said which was stay home stay safe save save lives so I'm doing it on my phone with a memory device that's interesting and that's kind of one of the glimmers of brightness that has occurred in in this period of time where we've had to take a forced hiatus so I think you've heard me talk about how hard it is for me to go on vacation, how when you're a driven trial lawyer personality type, you want to work, 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 and you have to pull yourself away. And here, when you, when I don't just have to pull myself away, I have no choice. It's interesting to see what happens. Um, you might think, oh, she must be horrible to be around. It's, she just must be so full of anxiety and just anger and frustration, but... And being an, uh, really at heart an impatient person, you would just think, ugh, she must be a disaster. But really, I'm not. And the reason is because there's so many other things that can be done. And, of course, we are also still working on our cases. 
we might be, not be able to go to court, but we can still work on our cases. The office is still going. Everybody is still working on the cases, getting them stronger. So that's a bright thing. And then we have been doing major tech upgrades in our firm for the past couple of years and had already planned to do some testing, not testing, um, training in Word, Adobe, Excel, and other things. And we'd implemented Office 365 and techno, techno, techno stuff. And guess what? We are learning it. We are learning it well. We being the whole office, not just a couple of us. The whole office is learning technology, and we were already pretty good. So that's a super cool thing that's going to help our clients and our cases even more is how adept everyone has gotten at this additional tech stuff. But let's just take a moment here and talk about the world, the things that we've learned in the past month and the things that we're going to have to learn in the past, uh, in the future, upcoming months about being in a world where a pandemic can knock us so far off our feet in so many ways, not just the legal case, not just because you have to stay in your house, but threat to our whole way of life and the loss of life. I don't have to give a lecture on that. We're all going through it. We all know what I'm talking about. People are really, I think in general, trying to put a good face on it. Um, I know for a fact in our law firm, everyone's, when we go through our meeting, we have a weekly meeting and everyone checks in and says how they're doing. Most people try to put a very happy face on it and talk about the good stuff. Um, And honestly, I think it's helpful. I think it's helpful because what good does it do to just dwell in the bad stuff? Um, However, this is a real true podcast. I always tell you my, my true feelings because why not? And just because we can put on a smiley, happy face and talk about, oh, the great recipes we've learned or... Um, how nice it is to be able to just go for a simple walk and how much we don't take for granted anymore, our ability to learn how to have uh, conference calling with our entire extended families, um, children coming home from school to stay with different people, um, all of the helping hands that have gone out. There's a lot of good stuff. But the reality is, is that We are stuck in our homes. Some people don't have homes. Some people's homes are not peaceful places. Um, Some people don't get along with their family members. Some people are continually in fear that their parents or their grandparents are going to get this disease which distinctively targets older people or people with pre-existing conditions, uh, people that have asthma, people that have diabetes. There's so much fear going on. Uh, And then you couple on that, watching the collapse of society's ability to function, uh, except for in the newer ways that are surviving, such as Amazon, delivery services, online anything, 
that's, that's good. But the rest is not good. Watching your neighborhood stores board up and wondering if they'll ever open again. Watching the number of institutions and stores and businesses that are laying off thousands of people. Hearing figures like 30% of our country is now unemployed. These are staggering issues that are not going to resolve themselves immediately when uh, our stay-home orders are lifted. It's going to take a long time to dig out from this. And let's not even talk about um, the financial impacts on people's investments or 401ks, um, retirement accounts. It is an unsettling time. That's all there is to it. I am. I keep thinking every week that I'll have the ability to talk about a different aspect of the law and get some training sessions and help help uh, people, especially students or younger attorneys who listen to this podcast, come up with new ideas. But I can't get away from coronavirus. I just can't. It fills all of my pores, all of my thoughts. It, it's impacting everything. I have a client whose father just died from coronavirus. I have a client whose child died not from coronavirus, but they had to deal with having a funeral when having a funeral initially was not allowed. Now it's allowed with severe restrictions. Can you imagine that? I I can't. And yet this is what we are living through. I want to get back to my silliness, my equilibrium of being super positive, which I still am, uh, all things considered. I know this is going to end. I'm confident that we are going to be stronger because of it. Certainly Nala is happy. She's with me 24-7 and has never been left alone even for five minutes for me to go to a grocery store because I learned how to order in. Uh, But I just hope that people are okay. I hope that you are all taking care of yourselves. And my only thoughts as I conclude this are that I don't want to have another conversation like this again on my podcast. I don't want to I don't want to be a month from now still consumed with worry and anxiety that has kind of overtaken my normal sense of well-being and happiness. And same for everybody else. Okay, but I can't end on that kind of a note, right? I can't. If we always end on that modeling type of a note, if we can't overcome those feelings of ickiness and worse, um, it's going to take too long for us as people to recover. So here's my thoughts of the good things. First of all, even though I miss my grandson, Watching him run around drooling everywhere the house through FaceTime is a highlight of my day. I just think he is adorable. He is not affected at all by this. And his resilience 
uh, every time he falls down and bumps his nose and gets up, reminds us of what we should be doing here. Secondly, I am just so impressed with my kids. None of my kids are down. Uh, They might have periods when they are feeling down. But, I mean, they're all, well, Christina's 30 now, but they're so young to live. I'm almost 60. I'm 59. It took me 59 years to have this kind of an experience. And already in their lives, they've had 9-11 and this, those feelings and those experiences. I do think that there's a reason why our younger people do have heightened anxiety. I do think that um, world events and, and, and local events involving all the mass shootings and the 9-11s and something like this, there is a reason why they have anxiety. They, they, they don't take for granted that everything's going to be okay. And I just see... I just went from trying to talk about the good stuff to going back, right back where I get to being <laughs> modeling again. But it's not all like that. Um, the thing that really impresses me about my kids is that they all know how to cook. And some of them, some of their, deal, their meals are looking delicious. I, on the other hand, eat only what Michael cooks me, which... Thankfully, he used to be, he, well, his, he worked in a, um, his family had a restaurant and he, was, and he started working in restaurants at a very young age before child labor laws were enforced. And I don't think that you could even enforce them against your child anyway, or your parent anyway. Um, so he, uh, he is a very good cook and he makes me whatever I want. We have delicious, uh, normally vegan or vegetarian dinners, even though he's a huge carnivore. Um, or I order out because when I'm in Seattle, I believe highly in ordering out and supporting local business. So those are the, the fun things are just watching my children, staying in constant touch with them, seeing my family, um, being with Nala, being with Michael, talking to my girlfriends with Facebook I mean Facebook, FaceTime, and knowing that this too shall pass. It, it shall pass. We will be restored. And I think we'll be better for it. It's true. We're going to be better for it. It's the same as in trial. If you, you're always, you learn more from your losses than your wins. That's what they say, at least. I don't know if it's true, but that's an old saying that you learn more from your losses than your wins. And I'm going to just say, I'm not going to even challenge out right now. This is definitely not a winning situation, but at the end of the day, I think we're going to learn more from it and we're going to be stronger and better because of it. So the next time I do a podcast, it will not be focused around my angst involving the coronavirus. I promise you, pinky swear, over and out.